Hallelujah. Well, the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Well, as always, it's always an honor to preach at Raymond Bible Church, especially on a Wednesday night when Pastor Hagen is usually here, but he and Mrs. Hagen are away getting some time and uh, uh, getting ready. Got camp meeting coming up, you know, and uh, uh, they do a lot more during camp meeting than you see in public because they're with people all the time and, and just talking with people, checking in with people. People come and need to talk to them. And, you know, that's part of being the head of a worldwide ministry. Besides being pastors here at Rama Bible Church, you know, we are the mother church to so many folks. And so they fill a large role. And so when they can get away like this, it's an awesome thing. But it is an honor to be in this pulpit anytime, especially, I, like, I really like this big old pulpit here that they used to have at Camp Meeting downtown. This is, this is nice, you know. That, 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 one, that one that was glass, it was way up there. And every once in a while I kind of get, whoa, am I going over, you know. But not this one, glory to God. Amen. Well, if you got your Bible, open up to John chapter 17. I want to start there with a verse tonight. You know, it's so important, you know, we're going to look at at some things that are said, but it's so important that uh, we get to know God. When I was a student here many years ago, this, this summer would have been in between my first and second year, uh, 40 years ago, so you can tell how long ago that was. But uh, I heard Brother Hagin say something that at the time that he said it, he, I really didn't understand it, like many things, you know, that you hear and you just have to kind of, he said, you have to go beyond just knowing Jesus as your Savior. You need to develop a relationship with God the Father. You need to get to know God the Father. And of course, you know, I was like everybody else. Oh, yes, amen. Yes, that's right. You know, when you're 21, 22, 20, you know everything, right? I had no idea what he was talking about. I'm beginning to see it more and more now. You know, and as you, as you hear what people say about God, it's obvious most people in the world don't know God at all. And what we know about God will determine what we receive from and walk in and live in, in this life, what we know about God. Now, how many of you are glad to have everlasting life, right? But let's look what John 17, 3 says. Read this first from the King James, then I'm going to read it in New Living in the Amplified Classic. Here's the King James. This is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. This is Jesus praying here. And Jesus said, Father, he said, this is life eternal, that they might know you and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So much of what eternal life, the zoe, as it's kind of commonly called, that life of God, life that God is, life the way God lives it, life that Jesus came to give us and that more abundantly. So much of that life goes unacted upon and unused because we don't know God. Amen. It's a limiter. My knowledge of God is a limiter in my life. How many of you heard this phrase? Faith begins where the will of God is known. Well, if I don't know God and don't know his will, you know, uh, you can get to know someone so well, you know what they're thinking in different situations. Husbands and wives, you know, and uh, live, you know, when you've been married several years, you start to, you can anticipate what, uh, 
what your spouse is thinking. You know, somebody said that if you live together long enough, you start looking like one another. I'm still believing God for that to kick in. <laughs> After 35 years, it still hasn't happened for me, but I'm, I'm still trusting God. But, you know, you get to where you know. I, you know, somebody asks, well, what would your wife? Well, you kind of know. Now, it's an insult not to ask, right? You just don't answer for somebody. But, but you know, we, get, we need to know God. What, how does God operate? The New Living says, this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, the one, one you have, have sent to, the one you sent to earth. And then I like this from the Amplified Classic. This is eternal life. It means, now listen to this, to know, to perceive, to recognize, become acquainted with, and understand. To know God means a lot more than just, yeah, I know God. No, to know him by spending time, by, to know him progressively. It's not just I knew him once. I know God and am knowing God. I'm beginning to get to where I can understand God. The Bible says if you don't walk in love, 1 John 4 says, if you don't walk in love, if you don't love, then you don't even know God. Now, he didn't, he didn't say you weren't a Christian. He said, you just don't know God. You might, have, you might have gotten born again through Jesus, but you don't know God if you don't love, because God is love, right? So he says there, he goes on to say, you, the only true and real God, and likewise to know him, Jesus as the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, whom you have sent. Turn over to John chapter 8 with me. While you're turning over there, most of you that are, have been around Raymond very long, you've heard of concerning the prophecy that Brother Kenneth E. Hagin gave at the 1979 graduation. And he said, he said this uh, during that prophecy, who are these that go forth ever enlarging in number and increasing in number? Who are these? Now listen to this. Yea, they are those who do know their God. They are those who do know his word. They are those who know the mighty name, the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. And they are those that know how to take that name and to break the power of darkness over the lives, the minds, the bodies, the spirits of men, and set them free. How? By knowing God, getting to know God. Well, first of all, I need to know God to apply that in my own life. You know, salvation is so much more than just being born again. Amen. When I got saved, I got saved from sickness and disease. When I got saved, I got saved from poverty and lack. When I got saved, I got saved from oppression and depression. Amen. And oppression, any kind of, kind of pressure you can talk about, pressure from the devil. I got saved from that. Glory to God. I got, listen, I got saved from ungodly people and ungodly governments too. I'm saved. I'm not dependent on them. I'm not, I'm not, I got saved from bad economies. I'm not dependent on them. I got saved, glory to God. Amen. But in order, I've got to walk in, I've got to know God. Not just know God to where I'm, I'm familiar with his name, to where I know God. And how many of you know when you know God, when you know somebody, you know their voice? Remember when caller ID first came along, right? Remember before caller ID? Now, some of you have no idea. Some of you are young enough, you don't know what I'm talking about. Before there was caller, you had to actually pick up the phone and say, hello? But if it was somebody you knew, what'd you, you recognized their voice. We need to, we can know God so well, we recognize his voice. Look at John chapter eight, verse 31 and 32. 
Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. You know, we've talked about this. Let God be true and every man a liar. Let God. But in order to, to know, in order to walk in it, I've got to know the truth. I've got to, how do I do that? By continuing in his word. God's word is truth. I've got to continue in that word. The Passion Bible here says this. Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, when you continue to embrace all that I teach, you prove that you're my true followers. Now listen to this. For if you embrace the truth, it will release more freedom into your lives. <clears throat> to, to know is to embrace God and say, God, your way is right. Every other way is wrong. Even if it's my own way. We've got to apply that filter to ourselves first, don't we? Philippians chapter 3. These are some familiar verses here that we want to look at. But they are, they are so uh, powerful. We need to remind ourselves this. And we're going to look at just a few things. Uh, from Proverbs chapter 2 to help us to get to know God here as we end out tonight. But here in Philippians chapter 3, I'm just going to read verses 8, 9, and 10. Here's the apostle Paul talking. The King James says, yea, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is wrought through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. To know him, to know the power of his resurrection. What did the resurrection of Christ do for you and I? What's the power of it? You know, Paul, will read just a little bit of it, but there in Ephesians 3, he prayed that we would know that power that raised Christ from the dead. It's for us who believe. But he also said there that we would know the fellowship of his sufferings. What's our partnership in his sufferings? And how are we made conformable unto his death? Now, some folks, you know, they know God. They know God to, to the place where, you know, they think it's all to know God is to sacrifice everything right? That's their knowledge of God. To other people, to know God is to know God is, he, he meets all my needs. But you know, God, the Word of God paints a full picture of who God is. Amen. You know, some people think the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament are different gods, but they're not. God has, God doesn't change. Now, we know this, the covenants change, do they not? The covenants that God made have changed and God has fulfilled them. God has never, never violated any of the covenants that he made. Amen. And the more you know God, the more you understand that. Some folks wonder why God just doesn't come into my, into my uh, life and just change everything. Well, first of all, uh, it's your life. You have a will. He created you that way. Amen. Some people's idea of God is God is a master puppeteer, a puppeteer, you know, that he's just controlling me and everybody else, you know, with strings attached to us. And we're just doing everything that happens is God's plan. No. Now, how many of you know for sure you've done things in your life that, was, that you knew God didn't plan it? You just decided to do it. Now, the great thing about God is he knew you'd do it and still worked it into his plan for your life, but he didn't ordain you to do it. 
Amen. I know, this, I know we're swimming in a little bit of deep waters here, but that's all right. Listen to this in the New Living Translation. I like this. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Amen. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm having a struggle this year. My, my St. Louis Cardinals are the worst team in the National League. I'm really struggling. So you know what? I'm have to, I have to count it as loss. And what's really bad is Dan's Cincinnati Reds are doing much better than my St. Louis Cardinals, which is just not acceptable. But, but really think about it. The things that we think are so important compared to the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. He said, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. For his sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and to become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Excuse me, verse 10. I want to know Christ and experience his mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. You know, some people, some people again, I don't know, you know, thank God, we know, we know God. We don't have to suffer with anything Christ redeemed us from. But I'm going to tell you this right now. If you're going to fulfill what God's called you to do in life, there's going to be some suffering involved. There's going to be persecution involved. Not everybody's going to love what you're doing. And some of them are family members. Amen. Now, don't point any of your relatives that are in here. Just, you know, let's think about us, not them. But you realize, you realize that. And there's, there's suffering involved. There's some things, you know. You get yourself, you catch yourself sometimes. You see people, <coughs> excuse me, they're, you know, they're doing this. They're doing all this stuff, you know. Like, oh, wow, look at that. But, you know, I can't be jealous of someone, first of all, that's, that's gotten their whatever they got through uh, evil ways. Why would I ever, ever be jealous of evil things? Amen. There's going to be persecution. All who live godly in Christ Jesus suffer persecution. Again, I'll never forget Brother Hagin said, if you're not being persecuted, you're not living very holy. But brother, I just want everybody to like me. I'm sorry, dear heart. That's not going to happen. You know, sometimes I wonder if Will Rogers ever met that person. But anyway, I'm going to move right along from that. Some of you don't know what that means, but that's all right. Can we look at the Amplified verse 10 of, chapter, of Philippians 3? For my determined purpose. So you're not just going to get to know God by accident. Can I tell you that? Go on down to verse 10, if you would, in that in that. Uh, uh, section of scripture there. For my determined purpose is that I might know him. Now listen to this, that I may progressively, now notice that, I like that, progressively, more deeply and, int- and intim- more progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person. 
more strongly and more clearly. And that I may in the same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection, which it exerts over believers. And that I may so share his sufferings as to be continually conformed in spirit into his likeness, even to his death. And he goes on into the hope that I may attain to the resurrection. First Timothy chapter 2. Here's the great thing. It's God's will that we know him. It's God's will that we know him. Look what he says here in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. It says, who will have all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. The Amplified Classic says, who wishes all men to be saved and increasingly to perceive and recognize and discern and to know precisely and correctly the divine truth. Have any of you ever known something, but you knew it wrong? Now, my mother, you know, uh, uh, by, by April of 1964, she had three children. I was the oldest, three years old. And then my sister was born. The youngest sister was born. And so three of us in that age, that, you know, really quick there from between 61 and 64. And so growing up, you know, it was kind of interesting. She taught us how to play board games, but she taught us how to play board games in a way that we wouldn't fight. How many of you have ever played the game Sorry. Well, you know what happens when you land on, you get to, no, we didn't learn it that way. We didn't, everybody got the slide every time. You didn't get to knock anybody off. No, that's not the way we, I was amazed the first time I played the game with somebody who actually knew the rules. I knew the game, sorry, but I didn't know it correctly. Sometimes we can know something, we think we know something about God and his way of doing things, but we know it incorrectly. But he says here, he wants us to know precisely and correctly the divine truth. Well, if that's God's will, how many of you believe, let's just start, let's believe for his will, right? Father, I want to know you. I want to know you in in that way. Isaiah chapter five, look back there. There's dangers in not knowing God that we need to avoid. We want to know him. Now, this isn't, listen, this isn't, well, that's my pastor's job to get to know God. He'll get to know God. He'll tell me about God. No, no, you have a relationship with God. He's your father. Now, you may never get to know your earthly father. I realize there's situations like that. But that, but you getting to know your heavenly father is totally dependent on you. It's your call. He's there. He'll never, he never leaves nor forsakes us. He's available. He always has time. He'll never tell you, I'm too busy or I'm too tired. I worked hard today. I can't talk to you. No, he's always available. The first place he's always available is through his word. Through his word. Read, every time I read the word of God, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to know him. I'm spending time with him. Look here in Isaiah 5, verse 13. I'm just going to read verse 13, guys. It says, therefore, my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. And their honorable men are, men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. The Amplified says here in verse 13, Therefore my people go into captivity to their enemies without knowing it, because they have no knowledge of God. And their honorable men, their glory are famished, and their, com- and their common people are parched with thirst. Going into captivity, doing things. I'm putting myself into the captivity that the devil has for me unknowingly because I don't know God. We need, we need, you can get to where you know and recognize God 
In every situation, you can see the God, what's God and what's not of God. Look in uh, Hosea chapter 4. They want to get over to Proverbs 2. Hosea, Ezekiel, Daniel, right? Anybody know who's after Daniel? Hosea, good. I knew you knew it. <laughs> Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. My people, the King James says, are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will reject you. Now, here's a people. These are people that knew God's truth and rejected it. How many of you know it's dangerous to know God's ways and to choose to go against them? Right? You know, and you think, well, I don't do that. Well, let me ask you this. How many of you know it's God's will that we forgive, and yet you've chosen not to forgive somebody? You know how dangerous that is? Because you put God in position where he has to be in opposition to you when you're in opposition to him. He gives grace to the humble, but he resists the what? The proud. So when I humble myself, I'm in position to receive from God. But when I'm operating in pride, which is saying I'm going to do it whether, I, whether God says it or not, I'm going to do it my way, that puts me in opposition with God. And I surely don't want to be in that position. The New Living Translation here says, my people are being destroyed because they don't know me. And since you priests refuse to know me, I refuse to recognize you as my priests. Since you have forgotten the laws of your God, I will forget to bless your children. Not knowing God has consequences. He still loves you. You're his child. You got born. But I'm talking about on this earth. There, there's, there is, you know, you just end up doing without when you could have had so many things. And I think one of the big things that we especially do in our day is peace of mind, calm assurance. I like how they, I like that word calm in front of assurance. You know, some folks, bless, our heart, bless your hearts, and how many of you, we're all tempted to, it's easy to be tempted just to freak out every time you hear something. I'm just, oh my goodness. It's just, oh my. It's just, oh, oh that's just, you know, every time you, it seems like you turn around. It used to be, you know, it used to be you could go on Facebook and find out people's favorite restaurants, where they, where they eat, you know. We used to kind of joke, people would post, I got up and walked across the room. You know, that was kind of what Facebook was about. Now, I mean, you get on there now and everybody's using it for their agenda and their this or that and this, you know, this is being said and that's being said. It's just like, where I, you know, you quit watching the news, now you can't. So what if I don't ever watch the news, how will I know what's going on? Just be observant. You'll find out what's going on. <laughs> but keep yourself in peace. All right, now let's go to Proverbs chapter 2. You ready? You know, another verse that I didn't read, but it's, it's so important. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 talks about that, you know, we don't know God. You know, his ways are past our way, all that type of thing. But, but the only, he says the only one that knows God is the Spirit of God. And that's the Spirit we have received, he says. He's freely given that we might know He's given us his spirit that we might know him and that we might know the things that are freely given to us. God wants us to know him. And the mighty Holy Ghost, God the Holy Ghost lives on the inside of us as believers. So let's start here. I'm going to read this just from the New Living Translation. 
Chapter, Proverbs 2, verse 1. My child, listen to what I say and treasure my command. So let's, let's take this as if God is talking to you, all right? You're his child. Turn, tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord, and you will gain knowledge of God. For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. Ooh, a whole lot of unhonest people out there based on their common sense. It just, that's just my opinion. And I didn't call anybody's name, did I? He is a shield. <laughs> he is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the paths of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Then you will understand what is right just and fair, and you will find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart, excuse me, and knowledge will fill you with joy. So in this here, I see six, six easy for all of us to do steps here. And I'm not, you know, the six, there could be seven, there might be five, there could be five. These aren't these, I'm not making an absolute statement here. But first of all, Number one, to get to know God, I've got to listen to his word. I've got to have an ear to hear. Hear. You know, Jesus talked about that. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. I've got to listen to God's word. And I've got to do it in a, in, um, purposefully, not just, oh, I heard that. No, I'm, I'm listening for God. When I read God's word, I'm listening for God. I'm listening. I'm listening on purpose. It's not just I'm overhearing a conversation. I'm intimately involved in the conversation. All right? You know, you can't get to know anybody without talking with them. And that includes listening, right? You can't just do all the talking. Sometimes, I, you know, uh, when our, it's tempting just to that make, make that our entire prayer life, isn't it? Just talk to God. Well, how about God talking to me? Well, the number one way he's going to do it is through his word. And then by that inner witness in, on the inside. So number one is to listen to the word. Number two, give value to the word. Give value to the word. You know, what, how many of you realize what you honor will grow in value? What you dishonor will decrease in value. It will devalue. But whatever I honor is going to grow in value. It's going to become more precious to me. And so I want to make sure I'm valuing God's word. I want to hear God's word above anything else. I need to know God's word above anything else. That's what, see, it's, first of all, it's not an accident any of you are here as part of this church or part of this ministry. But that's what this ministry was established upon. What does God's word say about it? And giving a value to God's word. Staying away, you know, all of us have opinions. But what does the word say about it? What did God say about it? Right? You see, and staying with that. Give value to the word. Then he says this, he says, uh, tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Concentrate your thoughts 
on the word of God. So listen to the word, give value to the word that you hear, and concentrate your thoughts on the word. Remember what the Bible says, to take every thought captive and bring it into the obedience of Christ? I liken it to this, you know, it seems like a tedious task, but I remember the first time I ever put on a catcher's mask. They said, go down, you know, here, put this catcher's mask on, and, and you know, it's like, back then we didn't, you know, these things they have today, these hockey masks that they wear today, we had those wires. Remember the wires? All right, I'm, and you put that on, and that's all you see at first. Now somebody's going to throw the ball to you, you finally catch it. Then when you finally get behind a live batter and they swing the bat, at first, that's all you see. And you have to get through all that. Eventually, you get to where you don't even realize you have the mask on or a batter even swings. You're just right there with you, concentrating on that ball. Well, this is the way it is with taking every thought. At first, it's like I'm tedious. It got to, oh, wait a minute. I got, oh, yeah, right, remind myself. let's take this out. What does the word say about what I'm thinking here? Is this God? Is this me? Is this the devil? Now, you, it could be you and you're agreeing with God, but how many you know the devil's never going to agree with God? But where's this thought coming from? And my, and my, my measuring stick is what does God's word say about this? If I don't know, then I've got to find out. See, you should never have a, have a problem figuring out how to study the Bible. You, you should always have something to be looking in the word about. Because I'll guarantee you not one person in here is 100% thoughts are in agreement with God's word. Right? Amen. And that's not putting anybody down. That's just the reality of it. So concentrating our thoughts on the word of God. Number four, he talks about, he talks about search for them as you would for silver, for hidden treasure. Make it your heart cry to get God's word. I joke with the students sometimes, I say, if I told you out there in front of SDC 1, which is the building with the three flags, in between that row of trees, out there in that lawn somewhere, there's a million dollars buried. I said, most of you would get up from class right now. You go out there and some of you would even start digging with your hands. If you believed what I said was true, you would search for that. You would search for it like that, like you would after treasure. Well, let's make that our heart cry for the Word of God. Every time I go to God's Word, there's treasure to be found. Now, sometimes it doesn't look like it. That's why you got to come back to it again and come back to it again. Have you ever read something and you think you've read it? This, is, this, this could be, a, you know, I've read this hundreds of times and all of a sudden, whoo, where'd that come from? You almost take your Bible and you look and say, is this my Bible? right? But that treasure, treasure, you can pay in for gold and get a little bit, but if you're going to, if you're going to get treasure, real lasting treasure, generational treasure, you're going to have to dig for it. Same thing with the word of God. All right. Number five, then we've said, listen to the word. Number two, give value to word. Number three, concentrate your thoughts on the word. Number four, make your, make your word, your heart's cry. Number, number five, that's number four, make your word the heart cry. Number five, make the word your greatest treasure and possession. Once you get it, take care of it. Don't let it slip. How many of you know it's easy to let things slip? You know, I've got, I've got notebooks and notebooks and notebooks of notes. A lot of them handwritten. Some of them I've typed up. But every once in a while, I'll just get them out. I've still got my notes from class here in Raymond. I've got notes from Tony Cook in there. 
teaching the Gospel of John. It was the first class I ever had with Brother Tony. The Gospel of John in the fall of 83 there. And I've got the notes from that. All right, looking at that. And there's things in there that I've let slip. I'm just like, oh, yeah, oh, man, look at that. Praise the Lord. Well, brother, you're, you're acting like that this, I should spend most of my free time doing this. Hey, you're getting it. Then finally, the last thing is pray the word. Did you notice there that he said, he said uh, 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 to go to God and he will he ask God to help you? Pray the word. Let's end up in Ephesians chapter one. Ephesians chapter one. The Apostle Paul knew the importance of knowing God and knowing him through his word. So he said this it, it, concerning those, the saints and the faithful in Christ. Verse 16, he says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know. And this word is not just acquainted with, it's a progressive knowing God. And, and I'm not so sure that it's not going to be, take all eternity knowing, getting to know God. But he said, pray this, pray this. He said, I'm praying this for you. How many of you know that you can pray this for yourself, right? Pray this for yourself. Revelation and the knowledge of you, God, I'm crying out for it. Pray it. Then he lists those three great things there. The hope of his calling, the riches of the glory of his inheritance, and the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. But praying, asking God for that knowledge. Amen. See, if you find yourself, here's what, here's what I want to encourage you to do tonight. Take some stock of where you are right now. Are you in bondage financially? Are you in bondage emotionally? Is the devil having his way with you in some other areas? Check up on your knowledge from God's word concerning that subject. Go to God asking for knowledge concerning it. I've had God, you know, I've, I've prayed some certain things, and God will bring a tape series, somebody's tape series, or a certain teacher, or a book. Hey, look in this book. And I'm like, that's been there. I've read that book how many times? Look, there it is right there. And through his word. Pray and ask God. Amen? Because we don't want, we, how many of you know we want to walk in the eternal life that we have? Not just get to heaven someday. How many of you are glad you're going to heaven? Amen? That's great. But what about here and now? He didn't just leave. If that's the only hope we have, then we're miserable. And God doesn't, God, Jesus didn't come that we might have miserable life. He came that we might have abundant life. Glory to God. God's given me a word for the second half of this year, and I'm going to share it with you. I've been studying out extraordinary. Extraordinary. Amen. And I don't have time to talk about it because it's time. It's an hour of power, at least an hour of power, right? So we're a minute over. Prayer team, if you'll come on in. Let's all stand up together. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. We thank you tonight, Father, that your word is true concerning every situation. We thank you tonight, Father, that we can, we, as we ask, Father, we, I pray that you would give us, Father, spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Let the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. Let us know, Father, your will in every situation. 
Thank you, Father, for giving us the mighty Holy Ghost to teach us and guide us, lead us into all the truth. And we shall know the truth, and that truth shall set us and make us free. We give you praise and honor for it tonight in Jesus' name. Now, if you need prayer for anything on Wednesday night, we ask that you come on down, ladies to the ladies, men to the men. They'll pray with you according to the Word of God. And of course, don't forget Sunday, right here, School of the Bible, 9 o'clock service at 10 o'clock. I believe Pastor Hagen's back this Sunday, right? Praise the Lord. Always excited, excited for that. Continue to pray for them as they, as they uh, get geared up for what's left for this rest of this month and some time after that. Glory to God. And so uh, everything, everything else being equal, you are dismissed. God bless you.